0: all right guys our next guest is not only one of the best analysts in mma but also one of the busiest men as well aside from being a former title challenger and current ufc commentator you know his excellent work from bt sports and his own youtube channel full reptile which has a very snazzy fight island t-shirt that you can buy right now and is stacked full of amazing breakdowns and previews as well on the on the youtube channel he is kind enough once again well, how about this, 2.30 in the morning, and he rescues us with a preview to look at Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till, straight from Fight Island. Dan Hardy, welcome back to the show, man. Great to have you.
1: Always good to be here, guys. Always, and, and a good time as well, because I spoke to all the fighters today, so I've, I've got all their interviews fresh <laughs> in my mind. It's been a fascinating day, I'll tell you that.
2: Nice, nice, good. Well, we can't wait to pick your brain, and we were saying to you just a second ago off camera about how the Mohawk is, uh, is, is coming back full swing, man. If if we didn't know you any better, we would think the uh, the, the return is imminent, but um, <laughs> look at that! Look at that thing! Jeez! Nice! Right. Wild! Let's get
1: some get some sugar water in it and get it stood up hard.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. Well, before we before we get deep into Whittaker versus Till, we've got to ask you, what's your experience of Fight Island been like so far? Um, we're hearing, you know, some interesting factors. Hearing about the heat, some of the weird times as far as schedules and sleeping pattern goes for fighters and media. I'm just wondering, you know, from a fighter's perspective, from your perspective, what is the biggest difference fighting there as opposed to, say, just, you know, a regular event in, in Vegas or New York or other parts?
1: Yeah, it's... It's very, very strange. It's very different. I mean, I, I'm only out here for the last event. Um, so I, I arrived, actually arrived on Saturday morning. I did two days quarantine in London. I did a test, two days quarantine. Flew out here with with nobody else on the flight aside from people working UFC. So it was wow. basically myself, Darren Till's team, um, the, the European fighters, Nicholas Dalby, Panikyam, Zad was on the on the, the flight. There were like 30 of us on the, on the whole flight. And uh, it was... It, it was it was a quite a peaceful flight, but uh, you know we certainly felt on the way here that we were coming to something special and something a bit different. Um and then as soon as we landed about six thirty in the morning, straight to the hotel, another test, another forty eight hours in quarantine. and so i've I've had th- uh, three tests now, three negatives. So I've got my my pink wristband mm. that allows me out and around the hotel. Um, everybody's got masks on. um everybody's very conscious of of shaking hands, there's lots of fist bumps going on. Lots of uh, alcohol, sanitizers, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, to be honest, it's the thing that's well. Two things are strange about it. One is that there's nobody here aside from hotel staff and UFC people, fighters and staff. And the other thing, obviously, is that the fights are on in the middle of the night, which is why I'm I'm, I'm up talking to you at 2:30 in the morning because as soon as I got here, I realised there's no point in getting onto a normal sleep cycle because, well, we, we'd be into the the early prelims right now on Saturday, so. I'm staying up through the night. Once I've spoken to you, I'm going to go out for a run just to make sure I stay awake. Um, so that's a bit strange. There's a lot of people kind of milling around the hotel. There's a workout room next to my hotel here, so someone's in there hitting pads right now. Um, it's it's very very strange, but it's you know it's it's cool to be a part of it.
0: Mm. Well, when you look at both guys' uh, career timeline-wise, I mean, you've got Rob coming off this big knockout loss and. Not only that, but a loss of a title. And not only that, but that was a return after he's been away for a really long time and having all these issues trying to get back to the octagon. And then you got Darren Till, who rebounded with his win over Calvin Gaslam and kind of Uh, re-emerged in the minds of many fans. Everybody was kind of writing Till off and saying it was kind of it for him in the welterweight division, and now people are discussing and thinking that possibly he could be the guy to beat Robert Whitaker, the former champion. I mean, what what do you look at in terms of both guys mentally going into this fight, especially Rob, after a, a tough loss and also a pretty tough few years as champion, dealing with criticisms, health issues, and not being able to get back in the octagon?
1: Well, I'll be honest, from, from speaking to him today, I, I can't think of a time when I've seen him as positive and as, and as relaxed as he is. Um, he was one of our third, first interviews today during the fighter interviews, and he came in with a big smile on his face. He was relaxed. He was enjoying himself. He's been hiding in his room, playing on video games, and just kind of staying chill. Um, and, and he, you know, he, he opened up. He told us this whole story about how he was, you know, he, he'd lost motivation. He was really struggling to even just get himself into the gym. So he actually decided just to just to stop entirely. He, he took a two-month break from martial arts and didn't do anything. Um, and w- with a plan of probably not fighting again, he wasn't really sure what he was going to do. Um, but then after a couple of months, he went back and he did a, he did a gi-jitsu session and really enjoyed it. And that kind of got the ball rolling again. But, I mean, to be honest, I think, I mean, obviously, back-to-back fights with Yo Romero, 10 rounds with that guy is going to take it out of anybody. <laughs> and then yeah. the rise of Israel Adesanya on the periphery at the same time put a lot of pressure on him and i just think you know i think i've seen it a couple of times recently i th- i saw it with max holloway when when he when he first lost to volkanovski and i saw it with rose as well when she uh, you know after the fight with andrade where she lost her belt i think sometimes these fighters they carry that belt but it's got such a weight to it and i think the the idea that everybody in the division's gunning for you and there's no opportunity to take a break um it, it can start to wear on fighters and, and i just think robert got to a point where you know he he's always trained 7 days a week um and and I think that going into you know going into the Israel Adesanya fight, he just he he just didn't seem like himself in my opinion. Certainly didn't in the fight. And then you know from speaking to him today, it makes a lot of sense why uh, he was just burnt out. Is the truth. Um, he's taken some time off and regrouped. And honestly, I'm not just saying this. I, I mean, I've I've bumped into him a bunch of times. I've been around a few of his fights, and he's always been kind of quiet and a bit subdued. He'll smile and he'll you know he'll speak to people. But he was laughing and joking today. He was, you know, obviously he thinks Darren Till's antics are quite funny as well, which helps. But I've never seen him on, on as good form as he is today. Interesting, yeah, this is this is like a rare version mm. of, of, of Rob you're witnessing, and it's interesting because
2: <laughs> when he spoke to us, he spoke about how, you know, that title did carry that burden, he just didn't feel like he was fighting like himself, and here he wants to just have fun, and, you know, he hears stories about fighters who, you know, have that belt, and it's almost like they're fighting not to lose it, as opposed to fighting the way they, they did originally to sort of get to that belt, based on everything that you've observed. Do you think we'll see a different version of Rob, you know, in in the fight, a more mentally freer, more maybe more creative Rob that we haven't seen for a while?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I was concerned because after the Adesanya fight, I felt very much like he was chasing Adesanya. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and watching Adesanya against Gastelum, I think he he was he was comfortable standing in the pocket and trading too early, and I think he got punished for it. So when he went into the Whitaker fight, he was far less willing to stand in the way of his punches. And there were a lot of times when you saw Whittaker charging forward, chasing after him, which is just un- uncharacteristic. You know, Robert's an excellent martial artist, very, very cerebral, very well, well balanced in his approach and knows how to apply his tools and build them one after another so he can open up that finish. Um, and I just didn't see that in the Adesanya fight. And it's not that I know he's not, he's not capable of it because I know he is. And, and I mean, obviously, a part of that is Adesanya's brilliance in drawing the, the opponent to him to punish them. But at the same time, you know, I, I think Robert could have made that a more difficult fight for Adesanya than he did. Um, and, and I think, you know, turning this corner, having these realizations and taking some time away, I think it allows him just to get back in there and, as you say, enjoy himself. You know, it, he'll be in a much more flow state. Um, there's no crowd. There's no pressure as far as, you know, he's carrying a belt. He doesn't He doesn't even seem too focused about getting back to the belt right now. It's, it's literally all about this fight and all about enjoying himself. And that's when we're going to see him at his best.
0: Mm. I'm I'm fascinated to hear your thoughts on the striking style of both guys. Uh, Robert Whitaker, kind of a karate bass. He's a guy that pops in and out, is uh, very quick and uses that speed to catch guys. Has a great kick on him, but is probably a little bit less. Um, I suppose orthodox than a Darren Till, where you got a guy with the Muay Thai background, um, has you know great great footwork, is able to have a lot of the great basics, and we'll probably be looking at uh, tells and different things that Rob does in situations where he'll be open, much like Israel Adesanya had had in their fight. I'm wondering, how do you think this these two striking styles match up when it comes to this main event this weekend, and um, who do you think might have the upper hand when it comes to the battle on the feet?
1: well i mean that that is really a question that's up in the air because it, you know when it comes to two different striking styles like this it, it, it's all about it, it's all about who can apply their game the best and and not get caught and they are so different you know robert from my eyes has got a more traditional martial arts background as you said taekwondo hapkido style where you know he throws a lot of his shots very controlled like he rolls that lead hook over his kicks come snapping out you know i think of the um, the, the fruit kick to hook that he landed to knock out Brad Tavares. And I think of the head kick that he landed on Jacare. you know, it's, his hips always chambered. So it's, it's quite safe when he's throwing his kicks, he's never overextended. He's got a wide variety of techniques though. And this is what makes Rob so great is that he can throw several things together and he's, he's good at transitioning from one to the next. Darren Till on the other hand, his whole game is about setting traps and utilizing his footwork and his his game is built around his left hand you know we, we know that he'll t- he'll tell you that himself he's got a very very rudimentary skill set that he applies it doesn't mean he doesn't have a lot of other skills but you see what what pe- what a lot of people seem to miss when they're watching fighters like Darren Till and and to an extent Conor McGregor as well you know because there's very similar both of them have built their game around their left hand and everything really is is supplementary to that major main weapon that they've got people people kind of kind of underestimate the ability that Darren Till's got and I think that's really the test for Robert because you know Robert's got lots and lots of skills he also knows exactly what Darren Till's going to try and do but there are so many ways that Darren Till disguises the the attacks that he has I mean obviously he's got the sweeping body kicks that I think he's going to be using southpaw against orthodox opens that up he's got a great rear elbow as well as his uh, uh, left hand but it's the it's the feints and it's the I mean I've had the privilege of being Octagon side a few times watching his fights and you can see in his face he's selling things all the time to his opponents. Like you can be standing in front of him and he'll he'll jerk in and then he'll look at your legs and then he'll kinda you know kind of <laughs> wander off with his eyes a bit and then he'll be back in and it's it's this this constant uncertainty of what's coming. Um, and I think that's the interesting thing for, for Robert, is how he deals with that. If he gets caught up in Darren Till's game, he could be, you know, he could be a few steps behind. Um, but with the variety of shots that he's got, he could be throwing lots of things at Darren Till that could keep him on the back foot. Mm. It's going to be interesting
2: seeing Rob sort of you know darting in and out using that really long jab. Trying to set up combinations, and then Darren trying to sort of counter him with with the big one. Um, the interesting thing is Till's two losses they came against guys who sort of blitzed him in Tyron Woodley and Jorge Masvidal. Both Jorge almost like using the, the Woodley blitz to an extent. What what do you make of sort of Rob's blitzes compared to those guys? The way he comes in very quickly, and how much do you see, how much of a threat do you see that being to Darren? Given you know two of his worst losses
1: well i mean i think it's a real threat i think what darren has got to watch out for is not moving backwards with his you know with his with his head back i mean you know when we saw him against the, against masvidal masvidal was doing a good job of level changing so till was reaching out pushing away with his hands and that was ultimately what opened up that knockout you know he was his head was back and his hands were down and because he's got good head movement he does it does tend to rely on that um he also likes to pressure, so there's there's lots of octagon space behind him. So if somebody does push him back, there's space to move into. But if Robert's smart with his techniques, he can keep him moving in a straight line, so he can so he can catch him with that. He's got a great left hook. He's got a great right hand. His snap kicks are very very good as well. All of which are you know either they're long range techniques or they're techniques that he can cover distance with very quickly. So if he can force Darren Till to move backwards, then there's absolutely a, a possibility he's going to catch him with something it's Darren that's got to make those adjustments based on the fights that he's already lost. And it's interesting because Till's
0: size and strength, you know, sort of have helped him in the past. How do you think it changes or affects his game at middleweight? I mean, he was able to sometimes bully his opponents at welterweight and even take big shots. But here at middleweight, I mean, do you think that advantage goes away? And also, it's kind of funny that in his second fight at 185, he's facing another former welterweight. And I mean, uh, Kelvin Gaslam, you could also argue... Isn't a lot of ways a welterweight
1: too? Yeah, I mean, I would say Kelvin Gastelum out of the three of them is probably more of a welterweight. I mean, he, mm. he probably could still make welterweight if he was uh, a bit more disciplined with his diet. <laughs> but, whereas Robert Whittaker and Darren Till—they've grown into their bodies as middleweights. You know, I remember in, interviewing Darren right before his uh, his Wonder Boy fight, and I, I mean. It was media day, his lips were chapped, his lips were sticking to his teeth, he couldn't really speak properly because he had such dry mouth, mm. and you're right, he does bully people at welterweight, but the truth is he also bullied himself in training camp every day to get his weight down, and I think that became much more about, it became much more of a focus of the training camp than actually fighting itself. You know, from what I've spoken to with his coach, Colin Heron, he's, he was, he's just a different fighter at middleweight, he's more receptive, he's more playful, you can you can give him more things to play with and he's not going to snap and be angry because he's cutting his carbs all the time mm-hmm. um so i mean I, I think both of these guys they they're, they're a great size for middleweight they they're both grown into the into the into the weight class and I, I think i mean darren forced himself down to welterweight it just didn't seem to make sense um especially after seeing him you know in in the, in the midst of his weight cut he just looked unhealthy um so i actually think he's he's better as a middleweight and he'll grow into this into this a, li- a little more and I, I wouldn't even be surprised if we see him at 205 at some point. And same thing for Robert. You know, when he decided to move up, I was a little unsure because I always thought he was a decent-sized welterweight. But then as soon as he started, you know, campaigning at middleweight, it became clear that that was his weight class. And, and I think sometimes people get caught so much up in the idea of, you know, being the bigger fighter in there and, and cutting lots of weight. Whereas, it, you know, if, if you fight like these two guys, it, it's about finesse and skill. It's about precision. And that you don't necessarily have to be the biggest guy in there. Um, I, I mean, I think we saw that with Robert and uh, and Joel Romero. Romero is an absolute powerhouse. He's a huge individual. But, you know, there were drawbacks to that. There's a, there's a, it's finite, the amount of energy that he's got to put out in a fight because he knows that at some point those muscles are going to need feeding with oxygen. And you can only get so much oxygen when you're in a fight. I, I think this this weight class for these two guys allows them both to Breathe a little easier during fight week and, and perform a lot better on the night. Mm. It, it is a
2: fascinating fight. One of the other interesting things about the Adesanya fight is that uh, with Robert, is that a lot of people thought Robert was the more well-rounded guy, and if he wanted to, he could maybe uh, take it to the ground or at least use that as a threat. Um, you know, the guy wanted uh, to compete in the commonwealth games in wrestling and he obviously did really well against romero uh, but we didn't see that there and even after the fight robert kind of dismissed that as like a tactical error or anything so and obviously with darren till once woodley dropped him we saw him on the ground and obviously that's how he got finished so i'm just wondering how much of a factor you see the grappling being in there do you think either guy will either even want to take it there or do you think this is going to be maybe a five round um not slugfest but you know a, a battle of strikers
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, if, especially with, with uh, Robert, I wouldn't be surprised if he decided to take this fight to the floor. Um, th- there was perhaps a little ego involved with Adesanya because he is a striker and, you know, he's, that's, that is his elite skill set. And, you know, although obviously Adesanya has improved his takedown defense and all those kind of things, that if, you're, if you're looking at a weakness in his game, that, was, that is clearly it in comparison to his striking, which is it's on such a high level. The fact that Robert didn't try and exploit that did surprise me, but then that may have been down to the, the struggle of closing distance on him, trying to get his hands on him. Um, I, I think I think coming into this fight, he's going to be far less driven to prove a point in any kind of way, and far more driven to just en- enjoy himself and be the best MMA fighter he can be. Um, obviously, you know he has got great wrestling, he's got great takedowns, takedown defense, and that's something else that possibly played into it is that, you know, he'd, he'd fought Yoel Romero for 10 rounds. He's probably sick of wrestling. <laughs> you know, I, I certainly would be if, I, if I'd fought a guy like that for, for uh, 10 rounds. So maybe with the Adesanya fight, he wanted to kickbox because that's what he enjoys doing the most. But, you know, I think in this fight, he knows that as far as MMA goes, I think Robert feels like he's got the striking and the grappling, whereas Darren Till Although he's got the Luta Lever background and he's got you know Mike Grundy in his camp, who's an excellent uh, Commonwealth wrestler, he he wants to be a striker. He wants to he wants to put people out. So he's going to be relying much more on his takedown defence. And you know, a good way for Robert to possibly crowd him and you know test his conditioning at one eighty
0: five.
1: Mm. I mean, it's an interesting situation in
0: the sense that I guess a lot of people have kind of written off Robert Whitaker from being another potential title contender and kind of have forgotten about him since this Israel loss. But I'm just curious if he beats Darren Till here and let's say gets another win and does end up facing Israel again in the rematch. Do you imagine that rematch goes completely different to that first fight that they had? I mean, would a part of you think that um, he's got a chance to walk in there, switch up his game plan and beat a guy like Israel if they ever fight again?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, again, I, to be honest, these top five at middleweight, although they're all very different fighters, I think that, I think they, they could all they could they could swap the belt constantly amongst them amongst themselves. Robert's definitely got the skills to beat Adesanya. I think he needs to be more intelligent in his approach, and I think that's what he was lacking in the first fight. Um, I think to be honest, if they fought again, especially if there was no crowd, I mean that's got to be something that plays in as well. If there's no crowd, and if Robert Whittaker can just focus on Adesanya and it becomes a contest of martial arts, then I think it'd be a, a bit more cagey and a bit more technical, perhaps. Maybe even more like Darren Till against Wonderboy, which was, you know, I mean, I think they, they threw sort of 10 strikes around in that fight, if that. But there was such a high level of operating system going on that you always felt like there was something gonna happen. And I think Robert was just trying to, trying to force it too much in, in the in the other side of your fight. I think in a rematch, he, he would approach it entirely different you know, maybe even clinch him and try and take him to the floor, but certainly his striking would be, would be different. And I mean, I, I think if he comes through till this weekend, there's one clear guy, I mean, you know, is out obviously because he's had that bicep, um, sorry, the, the, the pectoral surgery. Um, Jar- um, Jack Hamanson's just come off a big win over Kelvin Gastelum, first round uh, submission. So I know he wants the winner of this fight and that, that would be a perfect fight for Whittaker coming out of this one. You know, get another win over Hermanson. I mean, obviously, Paolo Costa's floating around, but I don't know whether he's going to be the immediate next title shot or I don't know what's happening with that guy. I, I kind of, as far as the skills in the division go, I think Paolo Costa's probably a, he's a, I mean, he's a stick of dynamite. There's no doubt about it. But as, as far as the technical striking abilities go, I don't think it proves a great deal if Robert Whitaker beats him as opposed to someone like Till and, a Cannoneer, uh, a and people like that, who have got a you know a, a very high skill level in, in a lot of ranges. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to touch on that, Dan, because
0: um, I saw you were talking about Costa uh, to BT Sport, actually. It was a great chat, and you mentioned that you think that all three of the guys have got the skills and ability to make Polo Costa look like a powerlifter, and I found it as a great sort of insight from a guy that knows his striking and a guy that knows, uh, you know, what goes down in the octagon in terms of strategy for those that kind of saw that quote and might've taken it out of context, just sort of explain what you mean by that. Why do you think that the top three guys would make Polo Costa look like a
1: powerlifter in the division? Yeah. I've upset a few people with that. I mean, it was <laughs> it
0: was yeah, there's been a few a Twitter conference. things, right? There's been <laughs> a few Twitter things I saw <laughs> responding to people.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, it was it was definitely a flippant comment. Of course, I mean that that's open. mat is like that. I'm chatting with two mates, and we're just kind of we're just kind of talking about the fights how we see them. I mean, there's no doubt Paulo Costa's a danger to everybody in this division. But the, the danger he presents is not fight IQ, in my opinion. You know, he's a, he's a powerful, explosive individual. He's done a lot of powerlifting in his past, from what I understand, and, and his game is is revolving around the big bang, 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 bang. You know, I mean, he can, he can keep thundering punches at you all the time. But what, what I see with Till and Whitaker and Adesanya is, is an ability to set traps. It's, it's, like, it's like iOS 2020 compared <laughs> to Windows 95 in a lot of ways. Like, Paolo costa has got so many different weapons that are dangerous, but they're dangerous because he's powerful. They're not dangerous because he knows how to apply them as well as the other three guys, and like like with Till, I think like I said, people play down his striking skill set because it's quite it's quite basic, but it's basic in the techniques that he uses, but not in the application. With Whitaker, he's got lots of different skills that he can bolt together that he can expose weaknesses and targets on his opponent. And with Adesanya, we know he's got that. I mean, there's there's a witchcraft to Adesanya's style, kind of like like Anderson Silver, of course, where you know, he can he can sell you feints, he can use his eyes and his eye line and his feints and his little tiny movements and, and his you know subtle footwork, nuances of his game to force you into traps. The, the the danger with Costa is always that bulldozer coming forward with raw power. And obviously raw power is is a, a huge asset in the UFC, um, in mixed martial arts generally. But you, you you've got to land, you've got to land with force and with, with skilled strikers. I always like to think that the skilled strikers are going to be able to find a way of dealing with that power and staying out of the way of it. You know, every single one of these guys in the division could get knocked out cold by Paolo Costa. There's no doubt about that. But when it comes to a martial arts contest, when it comes down to the actual skill level and the understanding of application, I I, I just see so many flaws in Paolo Costa's game technically. You know, his foot placement, the way he throws his kicks, he throws himself off balance his choice of shots don't make any sense a lot of the time. And, you know, and people are celebrating wins over the likes of Johnny Hendricks, who when he was fighting at middleweight, he was already retired in his head. I also think the Joel Romero fight over five rounds, I think Paolo Costa would have lost it. You know, Uriah Hall gets backed up against the fence and he breaks mentally. I've just not seen the things that I've seen from the other guys in Costa's game. I'm not saying he can't add those things to his game. I just don't think he's there right now. And you know why would he be? I mean, what's he? Thirteen fights into his career, I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's necessarily met anybody yet that is operating on that level of of striking ability. You know, as as good as a win as Yoel Romero is, it was a close fight, and Yoel Romero is not the most technical of strikers either. I mean, it's flying knees, it's flurries, it's 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 power, it's horsepower, backed up with with good wrestling technique, which is the threat. I, I don't, I mean, I, you, you know me, I I, 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 like, I love everybody that gets in there and I, I respect everyone that gets in there. But yeah. when I'm watching fights, I, I want to learn something from these guys. I want to be impressed with something. And, and when I watch Till and Whitaker and Adesanya, I'm thinking to myself, wow, they, these guys are, I mean, they're thinking under real pressure circumstances and making things work. Whereas Paolo Costa, it's much more like, it's an enjoyable fight to watch. It's fun to watch. I'm not learning anything technically, I'm more learning things you know, incidentally. I'm learning you know, what not to do, where, where he makes mistakes, where his vulnerabilities are, those kind of things. As a student, if he walked into my gym, I mean, I, I could have a whole list of things to work with him. Whereas the other guys, I would feel like it maybe bits and pieces I could tweak and polish. Paolo Costa is much more of a, he's a raw talent, but that rawness I think will be a vulnerability in the future against these higher level strikers.
0: Do you think it's a situation where he got pushed up too quickly and got to the title shot a little too soon? We've seen it happen before where the UFC's put guys in the position a little bit too quick. Even a guy yeah. like Darren Till. Yeah, Darren Till.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, quite possibly. Quite possibly. The thing is, I mean, like, who wants to fight him? That's probably the issue that they've got is is trying to find someone that will take a fight against him. I mean, you know, he looks like a powerhouse. He looks like he would be a real handful for anybody just because of the way he fights. Um, but But I just... I, I, do, I just don't think we've we've seen him against someone that can really test him as far as the striking skills. I mean, I was hopeful with Uriah Hall because, you know, Uriah's a good striker. He's a, he's a great striker, real nice, clean techniques. Uriah struggles when he's under pressure. He struggles mentally. He, he breaks. We've seen it happen several times in the past. And and I think that someone like Paolo Acosta, especially, I mean, the knees to the groin, if I remember right, probably took a lot out of him. I, I just, I think Paolo Costa's style was was the kryptonite for Uriah Hall. I think someone like Adesanya, Whitaker, Till, you know, I mean, even Hamanson might be—it might be problematic just because of the way he moves and the and the, the submission attacks that he's got. I think these guys could could, uh, could actually start exposing some of these holes in Paolo Costa's game, which a lot of people, according to my Twitter and according to some of the comments I've seen, a lot of people don't see those those weaknesses in his game. All they see is that raw power and that threat. And being successful in mixed martial arts isn't the same as being skillful in mixed martial arts. Mm. You know, I I, I still need to see lots of developments in his game before I start to feel like I'm learning something when I'm watching him.
2: Success versus skill. That's a good quote. And... Jesus, coronavirus. No, um, we we really appreciate the honesty and, and the candidate, And actually, people may be upset, but that's the, I think you brought up a lot of really really good points. Um, we'll let you go down, but I'm just curious as far as Whitaker versus Till, who are you sort of leaning towards here? And um, if we haven't already covered it, what is sort of your biggest question heading into uh, heading into this fight that you want answered? Also, by the way, huge huge step up for Darren Till. Uh, a guy with a lot of questions surrounding him as far as his ceiling, a win over a former champion like Rob would, would certainly uh, put an end to a lot of those.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, from from what I felt, a lot of the questions are around Robert Whitaker, which surprises me, to be honest. Because I think, I mean, we, we've seen him proven as a champion. You know, the, the way he dealt with, with your Romero um, and the way that he's grown you know, into into this sport the, the big questions for me are around Darren Till as a middleweight. You know, wh- what what does he look like as a middleweight? How does he deal with these bigger guys? You know, th- maybe you can't bully them around the octagon. Um, it, it's what Whitaker does with that pressure that I'm more fascinated in. I, I couldn't I couldn't even begin to give you a, an idea of who I'm who I think is going to win, mainly because I'm going to be sitting octagon side, uh, and and I, I I always use a quote that Mark Goddard uh, uh, said to me once, and he says I, I can't be preoccupied with what I think might happen. Um, if I'm sitting up inside thinking one or the other is going to win, I, subconsciously I'm going to commentate towards that. Unfortunately for this one, I think it's such an evenly matched fight. I, I genuinely couldn't pick it if I tried. Um, I, I can, I've got a great imagination. I can see ways for both of these guys winning. For Darren Till, it's about forward pressure. It's about lining up that left hand and about trying to make Robert Whitaker feel crowded and claustrophobic. And for Whitaker, it's about him being flowing and comfortable. It's about him chaining his techniques together and knowing how to take the octagon away from Darren Till as he moves backwards. Um, it's, it's just a, it's just a fascinating fight, and I think the fact that there's no crowd as well that really plays into it. Robert seems very relaxed because he doesn't have that, you know. There's the whole buzz in the arena and the, the pressure to you've got to do something. You know, if you stand in for a minute and you're taking your time, the, the, the fans will let you know they want action, and I think that adds pressure. and I mean, something Darren Till said earlier today, he said he doesn't doesn't want to walk out to any music. He said the music's for the fans. He said, I'm just interested in being here to compete. And I think that purity of that mindset, and that's the word a lot of the fighters have said during fight week. And since the, you know, the, these crowd-free events, there's a purity to it. And I think that's what we get to see with these two excellent martial artists on Saturday
0: can't wait for it to happen. Final question as we let you go. We've seen uh, Masvidal become a big star after beating Darren Till. And if you spoke about this fight when Rob was champion and uh, Darren was making his uh, middleweight debut, people would say, you're crazy. Why would you put a guy like Darren Till up against a guy like Robert Whittaker? It would be an absolute annihilation. And here we are. Everything's changed in one short fight and one short victory against Calvin Gaslam. I'm wondering, Dan, do you believe Darren Till could uh, overcome and become a bigger draw than a guy like Mazadar with a win over a guy like Robert Whittaker as Mazadar's coming off a loss over a guy like Kamaru Usman. Do you believe that that could happen after this one win, this one weekend
1: there in Fight Island? Yeah, I, I certainly do. I, I certainly do. I, I think the thing with Darren and you feel this occasionally when when you're around fighters, and Mazadar is obviously, obviously one of those guys. McGregor is another one. and And it's not only how... It's not only how the fans and the, and the analysts and commentators feel around the fighters, but it's how the other fighters respond to them. There are a lot of people that stepped up to take on Darren Till. Wonderboy took a risk in fighting Darren Till. Kelvin Gastelum opened the door at middleweight for him. Like They recognised something in Darren Till. And it might be, let's beat him now so I don't have to fight him in a few years' time. Because Darren Till's only getting better. And there's such an honesty, there's such a, such a, honesty, such a candid, candidness, is that the right word? He's he's just very he's very open about everything, and w- with 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 the sport going the way it is, and I think this is one reason why Masvidal is so popular at the moment is because he is he is as genuine as you get. I mean, Masvidal in the Octagon is the same as Masvidal in the gym and on the street. It's the same guy. He he's open. He's honest about who he is. And Darren is exactly the same. I mean, he's honest. He's quite brutal sometimes. You know, he'll he'll sit across the, the room from you and he'll say. I'm nervous. I, I feel nervous this weekend. And it, you know, he even said backstage before the Gastelum fight, he was like talking to his coach. He was saying, "I need to find a way out of this yeah. fight. I don't want to." Fight. You know, it's and I think people gravitate towards that honesty because obviously we recognise that these guys are stepping in there and, and doing something that most people couldn't even contemplate doing. You know, a paid fist fight on TV is you know it, it seems like a very strange concept to a lot of people, but when you see someone getting in there at a young age. Handling the pressure with, you know, with with honesty and with openness and saying, look, this is terrifying. This is really challenging. I could quite easily get knocked out tonight. And he said that. He said that several times. I like think every time I've spoken to him, he's been honest about the fact that he could lose. I think I just think people gravitate towards that. I think people recognise that honesty. And I think you get the same thing from Robert Whittaker. You know, he he loves his family. He loves his kids. He loves martial arts. He loves video games, and he's not really bothered about anything else. And you know, that's. I don't. I'm not necessarily needing any of these contrived characters that people start creating. The Colby Covingtons of the world. I get it, but it's it's just not for me. And I think a lot of fans are feeling that as well. It's the, it's the the genuine characters in the sport that people are really digging. And and Darren and Robert are both those those kind of people. Mm.
2: I think there's this sense from the whole MMA community that people uh, yeah. just want to see Darren Till succeed. There's just something about it, probably because he we haven't seen him reach that level just yet. The the whole Community is kind of rooting for him, Robert as well. But obviously, he's a former champion. Um, Dan, we could chat to you all day, as you know. But we've taken up enough of your time. We'll get out of your luscious mohawks. So you can go on a run. <laughs> Follow the man on Twitter and Instagram at Dan Hardy MMA. You have to subscribe to his channel, Full Reptile. Obviously, the Full Reptile crew do a phenomenal job. But Dan Hardy with all his amazing breakdowns, his previews. There you go. He's rocking the the Full Reptile T-shirt which is a sweet color red that you can get as well. Uh, There's The room. Listen with Mark Goddard, his work on BT Sport and his book, Full Reptile, in case you've got, uh, well, everyone's got time to kill at the moment, because we're all on lockdown. (laughs) Dan, thank you so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it, love chatting with you all the time.
1: Always good chatting with you guys. I'll speak to you again soon.